I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. The festive season is here. And if the lights this time around may be a little dimmer than they have been in the past years, you may be sure that there are still deals by the dozen when you step out into the market, particularly if you're going to buy a car. You've heard by now of the slowdown in sales that most car companies are contending with. Maybe you read about it on BloombergQuint.com, but that's not what I want to talk about today. Buying a car is still and will likely always be an important milestone and a big decision. You know, I've heard it said in the recent past that millennials these days are not too kicked about buying a car. And even if that is the case, I'm sure that's not true for all millennials. So, having said that, I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about what buying a car means for your finances, how you should plan for it, What are the hidden costs that most people don't consider? And what is the smartest way to buy a car? Thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. My guest today is Karthik Javeri, financial expert and director of wealth management at Transcend Consulting. Thanks so much for joining me, Karthik. My pleasure. Now, it is an aspirational purchase growing up. And I must say that I belong to a very unique uh, generation. I grew up in the 90s. And that's when the Maruti 800 uh, became very popular. I remember people waited three years in some cases to get their first car. It's not changed very much in that it's still a major aspirational purchase. Absolutely, Alex. Uh, What happens is whenever people have more money, the first thing that they want to buy is uh, a house and a car and uh, maybe they want to get married and things like that. But mm. if you had to put a priority in terms of a ranking, then the number one on most people's list uh, is a car. Phone is a necessity. So if we don't really consider that as a choice, mm. but a car is number one. And then the next thing is house. And then the third thing is all the other pleasantries that you might want to have. So yes, I mean, car is a very, very big purchase, aspirational purchase. It's a status symbol. People want to have it. Even young people, if they had the option of buying an Audi, mm. they want to do it. Mm. And uh, maybe, you know, the people who don't buy it are the ones who are thinking, let me accumulate the money and in the meanwhile, use Uber. Yeah, and that's actually quite an interesting point. And I didn't want to delve too much into it. But perhaps the um, situation that we are in right now and all the conversations going around about the slowing economy, perhaps that's changed the tone of the conversation. And if things turn around quickly, maybe that tone of conversation will change as well. Oh, 110%. You know, what's happening is that people somewhere get worried. So when they hear a lot of negative news, uh, it has a rub off effect on your own uh, financial circumstances. So you might feel is my company stable? Will I continue to have a job? Mm. And uh, the visibility becomes a little poor. Mm. And the confidence to go and spend future earnings yes. become a little bit of a sticky issue. Mm. So one wants to play it safe. Mm. So if there is bad news everywhere, and if the whole world is saying it's going to rain, it's going to rain, then you know, I'd rather, I'd rather keep my umbrella ready. Yes. And that's the way 
people sort of react and people behave but i don't think it's gone away anyway that's a very uh, nice way of putting it. and you mentioned a uh, phone is an absolute necessity but i see that people go out and spend uh, a large amount of money and in some cases uh, maybe you know one tenth of the cost of a of a of a new car yeah, and yeah. and that's a sign that so that really puts paid to the argument of affordability of a car because people would essentially look at the emi factor yes. and and you know to conjure up about a lakh or two or three to use as a down payment is not a very big issue even if you're earning a decent amount of money for, you for open a lot your, of people yeah. yeah and you open your sms and you'll have some offers of you know 2 lakh 3 lakh loans here and there mm. and you take that that emi is affordable then you're only looking at the car emi can mm. i afford the emi and the answer is yes and these day car companies are smart they give you 3 years and we'll buy it back at 50% and 60% mm. the cost so yeah. you know it becomes so easy okay but having said that kartik and uh, you know i i would love for uh, my listeners to get back to me guys do let me know what you think about uh, the prevailing scenario and what you really think about buying a car is it you know something that you have been considering is it something that you put on hold for now and why uh, have you put it on hold if you have indeed done that but i'd like to talk about the buying of a car it's you mentioned one of the big things that people decide to do it's not as costly as a house obviously uh, so what i've actually noticed is that people don't completely take into account all of the costs involved and they don't plan it well enough when they're buying it is is that something that you've noticed as well uh yes and no the reason for that is uh people don't think about it or don't plan so much because there is a fundamental presumption that you can afford the car yes so when you know that you can afford to pay 50000 rupees 80000 rupees in insurance for the year mm. then you know you don't think you don't worry so much about it mm. so depending on the car that you want to buy mm. you know that these are some incidental costs along with the uh, new cars that you're going to get mm. so the costs are not so large and they are not so prohibitive in nature that you might really get uh, worried about it in that sense mm. like a house is probably 100 times you know yeah. you can get a good car for about anywhere between 6 lakhs to 10 lakhs to 15 lakhs mm. but a house could be easily like one more zero mm. or two more zeros of the whole thing no, so, especially in mumbai yeah. especially in mumbai and the larger cities so so i don't think car worries people too much mm. and they know that you know after a few years even if they want they'll get at least get 30% or 40% it's pretty much assured that you'll get the value back but having said that kartik and uh, i think this is the case for a lot of people i've had friends who just go up to the showroom and look at the you know on road price of vehicles and they see oh how much money can i pull in right now and essentially pay the down payment take a loan that's the extent of it they don't really yes. pla- they don't plan more than that my question to you is should you uh, you know it, it's not something that just comes up overnight it's not like saying i want to change my phone it's something that is a, a big purchase it's yeah yeah it's going to serve you for so many years and alex you you're quite right it's a very smart idea to plan for it yes you know not to say that you don't plan for it for example you could have just the way you have a retirement fund and an education fund and you know like a travel fund you can even have a vehicle fund mm. there's nothing that stops you from there and then that fund grows in value you make profits out of that fund now depending on the size of that fund you could use the entire profit and make a down payment why i mean take the full purchase of the car straight away mm. depending on the fund value or um, you could even do some very very clever things like if if you even had the uh, the the entire value of the car with you you could still use the down payment still invest the balance of the money into a smart investment and do I, some magic out of it i actually remember something uh, that we've discussed in the past and i want to get back to that a little later in the conversation so you you didn't mention that people 
tend to not plan for this. They should. Um, is there something that they should pay attention to with regard to the affordability? How should they gauge how much money to spend on a car? Uh, is there an ideal amount? Like I've noticed that people sometimes buy cars that they don't need. Right? They spend too much. Okay, now that's a very, very pertinent uh, question, Alex. Now, my thumb rule is this. Whatever you earn, 50% of that is the maximum you should allow yourself for EMIs. Not more than that. Okay. All right. Um, which means you're, of course, left with 50% for your personal expenses, uh-huh. assuming that's enough. Yeah. Now, this 50% ideally should be for your home EMI. Okay. Okay. However, because we're not talking about home loans and home purchase here, mm-hmm. Once your home EMI is sorted out, or if you don't want to buy a home, then you suddenly have extra budget. Yes. So my point is that if you're going to spend 30% of your money for your home EMI, mm. then your budget for the car EMI is 20% of your net income. Okay. If you're spending 40% for your home EMI, obviously your budget is 10%. Don't go overboard because you need to save some money. Mm. So rule of thumb is 30 to 40% you use for personal expenses, 30 to 40% if you use for your EMIs, and mm. then at least if you save 20% bare minimum, mm. then that's a great way to go about planning because then you will not be financially uh, poor or financially hungry going forward in years to come. Mm. It'll be a good financial stand uh, uh, or a platform that you're creating for yourself. You know, that's an interesting way to also calculate how much you would uh, be able to spend on a car even if you have the money because you can calculate the uh, the normal length for a car loan and multiply obviously the num the, by the number of months and that's the amount of money that you can spend on a car so i think you've actually put things in perspective very well having said that i i, I do want to talk about the bunch of costs that a lot of first-time buyers don't consider like i said they walk into the showroom they talk about the x showroom pr- price and how much they have to pay with tax and all of that and all the bells and whistles now that they give you with the cars but they don't talk about obviously the other costs right there's um, a maintenance cost there's an insurance cost it adds to the bill significantly and it continues to add year after year in fact it goes up higher and higher as the car ages Mm. so insurance luckily is one factor which is the highest in the first year and then keeps going down because the value of the car is also depreciating Mm. in that sense But your maintenance bills go higher. Mm. If you want to use a car beyond five years, the maintenance can go even higher, especially if it's a, you know, any of these uh, German makes or uh, some of these more expensive cars, right. the 15 lakh plus varieties. So then it can get quite expensive. Tire changing becomes mm. an important thing and that becomes expensive. Gadgetry, computer control, chips and things like that. Mm. All these things really add to the cost in addition to maintenance. Is that something that you should bear in mind right at the onset? Is that something you should factor in your costs? I think 10% of the car value, which you originally paid, Hmm. uh, that's a fair thumb rule to go in terms of maintenance. Expect that kind of a cost to start accruing. Of the original value. Of the original value. So, for example, if your car was 15 lakhs, after the fifth or the sixth year, expect to spend about one and a half lakh thereabouts in terms of maintenance because some year you'll need tires Mm. some year you'll need something else some year something uh, else is going to fail in the car and then you know these components are expensive and you obviously want to go to our either the showroom or the reputed uh, you know garage to get this thing fixed and it won't come cheap Mm. the labor is cheap in this country but the components are quite costly yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and particularly with regard to um, you know the decision to hold a car beyond five years at that point you're not 
going to get very much even if you decide to sell it because the depreciation factor is significant on a car, right? Yeah, I would think at least 50-60%. Uh, mm. And that also is again driven by newer models that that company is promoting, uh, the technology of that car. Sometimes the technology becomes obsolete and which is why people don't want to buy that, mm. etc. Fair enough. Is it a good idea, uh, Kartik, and I know that this is not always possible to buy a car cash down. Uh, you mentioned at the onset that if you have the ability to plan in advance, you know that you want to buy a car and you're not in a hurry. Uh, maybe, you know, put aside a certain amount of money. If it's not too expensive, uh, uh, maybe put the money together first. Yeah, it's not so expensive. You can uh, consider doing that. And like I mentioned, if you have a vehicle fund that you make, uh, which is making enough profits for you. So over a period of time, you'll have enough money to buy it down. However, um, you know, it's also a pretty good idea to use your capital for other things because not everyone will have this facility. So you could use your capital, earn some interest out of it and then manage because uh, manage paying some part of the EMIs or the full EMI, depending on how large you you have as a, you know, a fund to put away for the vehicle maintenance and all that. Mm. The reason I say this is because most of the car dealerships today have also got an NBFC, which lend you money to buy yes. the car. They yeah. help you to buy the car. Mm. And the rate of interest is about 7%, 8%, 9%. It's not too expensive. Mm. And it's on a reducing balance method. Mm. So at the end of five years or seven years, if you actually calculate the net that you're paying out, it may not be an awful lot. It is really, really uh, affordable because mm. the, the company is making the money by selling the car and yeah. then they will make money on the maintenance and the spares and accessories that you will buy. Mm. So... Buying a car per se is not so difficult. And therefore, even if you smartly put your money somewhere else, uh, make profits out of that, use some part of it as EMIs, I think that's a great way to go to buy it. Speaking of uh, the interest cost on the buying of a car, uh, there was an introduction in the last budget uh, when you're buying an electric car. Uh, now, I do not know whether the infrastructure in, uh, you know, as we have right now uh, is good enough to support that, but maybe sometime in the future it might make sense. Having said that, I remember, Kartik, about a year and a half, and you started talking about this, a year and a half back, we had a conversation on BQ Portfolio, the show on Bloomberg Quint, where this gentleman wanted to buy a car worth around, I think if I remember correctly, around 20 lakh rupees. And you had devised this very interesting plan, and I do not remember the details of it. You'd said that he should start an SIP, and around the time when he uh, bought the car, he should take it on loan, and he should use the proceeds essentially to pay the EMI. How does that work? So so there's a fundamental assumption there, uh, Alex. Uh, assumption number one is that you can afford the EMI mm -hmm. out of your uh, regular earnings, yes. right? Once you're able to do that, then you've got this little corpus that you've set aside. Okay. Now, if you, it's like a tree. Now, the tree keeps growing mm. in size over a period of time. Mm. If you keep chopping the branches as they emerge, then that's really bad. Yes. But if you let it grow into a full tree, mm. then you can enjoy the fruits of it. Yes. So it's something very, very similar. So you, you let your fund grow. Okay. Then the fund will make profits for you. And yes. you can either think about it as a reimbursement for the EMI that you're paying. Okay. And if the fund is large enough, then you can actually let the EMIs sort of go through a withdrawal facility. Okay. So let's say your investment is earning a 9% return. Okay. And um, uh, the 9% is, you know, broken down into 12 months and every month a little bit of amount comes into your account mm. and that pretty much takes care of your EMI. Okay. So all you're doing is really funding the down payment and you've already created a corpus for vehicle and entertainment or call it luxury.
surgery or travel or whatever you like is this a systematic withdrawal plan that you're talking about when you something that of it, that order yes absolutely so so just the modalities of this i just want to understand you start an sip uh, assume that it's uh, your purchase is about a year and a half two years away Fair. Uh, you know so you've spent a decent amount of time accumulating the money assume that it's given you a decent return okay sure um at that point you have obviously the down payment that you make and then you start using a small portion of that through a, a, a systematic withdrawal plan uh, where you pull out a certain amount of money the rest of that corpus that you've generated continues to generate income yes and you can shift the corpus to a debt fund so okay. that you know you, it's pretty safe you know yeah. it doesn't fluctuate too much and then you know you're earning the 7-8 percent mm. so provided that takes care of a good part of your emi mm. that's great but like i said the assumption is here that you'll have to build a corpus now whether yeah. you're doing the sip for the car purchase a year or two or three years down the line that's different mm. but once you're done with your accumulation maybe mm. you use that for the down payment probably mm. Mm. maybe it has performed maybe it has not performed but the assumption is you need to have a corpus large enough mm. to be able to fund this for years and years together you know maybe four years you use one car then you sell it off you take another one the procedure can continue forever and i think the advantage there karthik is that if you do this and if you let your uh, proceeds from your debt fund in this case uh, pay your emi uh, the amount of money that you would ordinarily have spent from your salary is free to make investments other investments yes so absolutely. you can make you can make longer term investments with the proceeds that you have see making an investment like i keep saying it's like growing a tree once you sow the seeds inside the tree becomes big mm. use it the way you want you know mm. you you can use the fruits you can use the leaves you can use the branches you can mm. use what you want mm. but let the tree become a tree first yes. don't don't really get timid about it in one year and two years so investment is a slightly long term plan and once it's made you enjoy so if you look at any of the people who are wealthy and uh, you know who are earning lakhs of rupees from a rental or from lakhs of rupees through investments you know all that money wasn't normally created in one generation it yes. was intergenerational one generation created gave it to the second the second generation is really enjoying the fruits of what the first generation did mm. so it will happen in your generation also provided you do the right uh, moves mm. very quickly just to close out this conversation the whole concept of the uber economy or the ola economy uh, to use uh, the indian company there is a strong case um, in terms of just the finances involved right if you are spending um, cumulatively even 400 rupees a day and you're traveling 20 days in a in a month you're spending way less than you would spend buying a car but the convenience factor also is a different uh, conversation you know uh, yes uh prima facie yes it's very very convenient you can just hail the cab on the road or basically use your phone call for a cab the dynamic starts changing when you can afford to have a bmw or a mercedes and then you don't want to really use uh, an uber unless the uber is also a mercedes <laughs> you see and then you can afford it your cost is higher but then at that point of time it's an aspiration it's a dream that you're trying to fulfill and it's a status and it's a lifestyle that you're trying to live and then that's where it doesn't sort of apply any mm. further but from a practical standpoint on a day to day basis yes it's super convenient super easy and i mean of course it's so much more cost effective so it's just like hailing a cab cab and moving around and have the comfort of a good car you know i i take your point on the bmw and i'm sure that ev- everybody would want a, a fancy car but um, it also is true for for you know an 8 lakh car or a 9 lakh car it's something that is convenient because i've had uh, in fact people come on to bq portfolio and talk about the fact that they get tired of the wait times so it's simply a matter of convenience at the end of the day i, uh, I guess 
convenience and infrastructure alex very important because uh, you know everyone would start using an uber and ola if the infrastructure was good enough mm. and if the car quality was continuously good otherwise some point of time uh, like an idea i hope this idea doesn't go away like so many other ideas but uh, uh, people will shift on to something if they don't like the service that is being provided yeah. but if this service continues and get keeps getting upgraded over time then i think there's a very very strong case that we don't need to use personal cars also our government policy yeah if there's a government policy which sort of says that stop using all these cars which run on petrol and diesel mm. then suddenly there's going to be a dramatic shift, shift yes. and and which might happen that electric vehicle incentive is just the beginning of that mm. because as a country we need renewable energy much more than we use in terms of our fossil fuels and these kind of energies that we use so and who knows kartik maybe our conversation will be very different two years hence but thank you so much for joining me on this one my pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure and to you dear listener i'd like to hear what you have to say uh, about what we spoke about today that is buying a car uh, what do you think about whether or not people should go out and buy cars whether affordability is a factor or is it something else is it convenience to let us know on any one of our social media platforms meanwhile do watch this space for a lot more in the world of personal finance this has been bq big decisions and i'm alex matthew thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed big decisions check out some other podcasts on the ivm podcast network you can check out paisa vaisa hosted by anupam gupta advertising is dead hosted by varun dugirala the ronnie screwwala podcast hosted by ronnie screwwala or cyrus says hosted by cyrus procha These shows are available on the IBM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc., etc. It's all content, and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content, and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch, and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Janice, what do you think couples did before TV was invented? I don't know. Go for walks on the beach, long drives, fancy dinners, have more sex, maybe. But what did we do when we decided to move in together? We debated between the Chromecast and the Fire Stick. We gave up on sleeping early so we could stay up watching true crime shows. We got ourselves three cat babies and basically became the cutest couch potatoes around. Okay then. <laughs> in case you guys still haven't got it, we are a TV crazy, Netflix loving, binge watching Mr. and Mrs. I'm Anirudh Kuha. I'm Janice Sequera. And if like us you snort TV for breakfast, lunch and dinner, This is the podcast for you. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. This is Mr and Mrs Binge Watch. Binge -watch.